0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: During this encounter, however, the officer drew their handgun instead of their taser. For informational purposes, we train with our handguns on our dominant side and our taser on our weak side. So if you're right-handed, you carry your firearm on your right side and you carry your taser on the left. This is done purposefully and is trained. As I watch the video and listen to the officer's commands, it is my belief that the officer had the intention to deploy their taser, but instead shot Mr. Wright with a single bullet. This appears to me from what i viewed and the officer's reaction in distress immediately after that this was an accidental discharge that resulted in the tragic death of Mr. Wright. If you've watched the video, it's beyond doubt it was accidental. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. thought she was tasing the dude. It's interesting. They're trained to say taser, taser as they tase someone. Right. For the other cops to back off. But uh, she said taser, taser. And then right after she shoots him, she says, oh, my God.
0: You know, she, she, she said, holy ass, I just shot him. And uh, the other cops are all looking at her like with the mouths mm-hmm. open.
1: So I remember one of these stories from years back where uh, one of the problems was the taser and the gun, which are shaped the same, uh, were on the, uh, right, right next to each other on the same hip. And people thought, well, mm. that's a terrible way to do it. I didn't know. Some places, anyway, have moved them to the other hip, although I don't know in the heat of the moment. You'd Wasn't have to do that... a lot of training to be ready to
0: go on that. Wasn't that the situation with the, with the Oscar Grant uh, shooting? The Bay Area Rapid Transit. and uh, One the, of the major shootings that we covered a lot. in California,
1: know. yeah. I know yeah. that the taser, which looked like a gun and was shaped like a gun, was right next to the gun. And that seemed right, like Right,
0: which a... has changed in police forces across America. Yeah. It is difficult to understand how in the world that happened. The police officer, Kim Potter, has worked for the department for 26 years. Boy, so not she's not a rookie. To me yeah, it's not clear to me how long she spent on patrol. Maybe I just missed that. But of course, it, most, it's most astounding police, to me that that could happen to, to a veteran like that.
1: Most police officers <laughs> never discharge their gun, in you Correct. know, in their entire tenure or end up in a situation where they got their their gun out, and you know, things are getting so. Unless you trained a lot, a lot to where it's just it's your. It's 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 the reason Kobe Bryant or my, uh, LeBron James or whoever takes a gazillion three-point shots and free throws. It's mm-hmm. so your body just has the muscle memory that in all the pressure and things going crazy and just everything going wild, your body just takes over and does it automatically mm-hmm. when your brain is not. And that's what the military people do all the time. And I, I've said this many times because I did this training with this dude. It was fascinating. Did this training. He said, People get this idea that they're going to rise to the occasion. They're going to rise to the occasion when they get into a pressure. People don't rise to the occasion. You fall back on your training. That's just the way it works. You're not going to all of a sudden do the right thing in the pressure situation. No, you're going to be so scared and flustered and noise and everything else, depending on what's going on you're going to fall back on your training and i have well, no yeah, idea heard, how much they train on
0: that i heard it described once as a floor that you fall to the level of your sure, training sure sure that's uh, yeah and and no higher and, which i believe you know i'm not
1: criticizing her or the minneapolis police department cuz those, those are tough things to do but unless you did that like every day training on all your stuff i don't know if if you're going to be ready when the moment comes
0: well it's a real rarity that something like this happens sure Somebody reaches. I don't know. I don't even know how that happens. I will point out. And Brett Baird uh, on, this, on a special report last night ran uh, very briefly three stories. I think it was from across America where cops were shot and a couple of cases shot dead um, in traffic stops just in the last day or two. Making I think the point that when this when this young man decided he was going to resist arrest, jump back in his car. And do something, make a run for it, grab a weapon, whatever. That sort of thing does not exist in a vacuum from a cop's point of view. That exists in the context of three of my colleagues were shot down in the last 24 hours across America, which is fairly typical. Cops get shot all the time. So, you know, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback at the same time. This is a tragedy. It's a lack of training or something. And, and it's horrible that this young man is dead. He did not deserve to die. On the other hand, he did violently resist arrest. It's not helpful
1: to have people like Rashida Tlaib, who is a uh, representative in the House there um, from Michigan. It wasn't. She is
0: a radical
1: Marxist. It wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally
0: racist. That's not helpful. No, it isn't. You don't, it's not accurate either. You, you don't know that? Yeah, yeah. I actually happen to see. it's kind of a, an aside, but there's a news story out of... Uh san jose about a, a fracas in a hotel where a, a fellow he believed looked to be of uh, like uh polynesian descent or, or something like that and his i believe white girlfriend i don't know it doesn't matter well i i guess it does matter but uh, the cops didn't de-escalate they escalated on the other hand i didn't see uh their i didn't hear their side of the story it's difficult to judge it looked like the cops escalated and escalated and exa- escalated and it turned violent um, and she uh, is a white girl as far as I can tell bad cops are bad cops. No matter your color There have been plenty of horrific tragic mistreatments of American citizens who happen to have light skin as well now I'm not denying there's any racism of course that would be idiotic, but uh, it happens bad cops are bad cops and good cops are in a very very dangerous job, so your mainstream media and, and Mob narratives are almost always entirely useless One of the mob narratives yesterday was because this young man died, liquor stores should be empty. And uh, the looting began and the violence and the rest of it, of course. Oh, I'm sorry, looting. It's protesting. Now, if it's a bunch of loopy Trump fans, that's a riot and insurrection. If it's a bunch of people uh, after a police shooting, it's a a protest.
1: This is 10 miles from where the uh, Officer Chauvin George Floyd trial is going on
0: right now. Which is amazing, and uh, and not terribly helpful either. No. On the other hand, I wish the, I wish the media could call looting looting and protest protest, especially because I mean, if you look at say Portland, a lot of the folks who and I disagree with a lot of these people on a lot of things, but they are they are of good conscience. Uh, the real protesters in Portland, they are as pissed off about Antifa and Black Block and the rest of them as I am. They hate that. They hate the looting because they know it discredits them. But the media, for some reason, they don't know that. They think emptying a liquor store is a protest. Please. Do we know the race of this female
1: officer who thought she was using her taser but he was using her gun? And she's she's right up on the guy. I mean, it's like point
0: blank. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's a white gal. I've seen the video. It's funny. It didn't stick in my head. But, um, yeah, I think she is. Um. You know, it's funny. The governor angrily demanded the state lawmakers pass police reform because a 26-year-old veteran made a terrible, terrible mistake? I don't know. seems to me like not letting a crisis go to waste. On the other hand, you have a couple of really interesting stories going on uh, across America. The one-sided narrative about race. Of course, we're all familiar with it. How do you like this headline? This is from uh, Lake Forest, uh, the, the, the L.A. area. A Lake Forest man faces a hate crime charge after allegedly kidnapping an Asian woman believing she was white with the intent to sexually assault her to punish her for the rise in hate crimes against Asian people. Did you follow that? Michael Sangbong Rhee, age 37, was arrested. He may have attacked a woman he believed was white in retaliation for the rise in hate crimes against Asian people. She was actually Asian herself. And uh, most of the attacks against Asian people that have hit the news lately have been young black men. So hard to imagine why he would uh, attack an old white woman. Then you have this story from Sacramento, California. California, every bit as loopy as you've heard, friends across the country. There was an, uh, There was allegedly a White Lives Matter event scheduled at McKinley Park, big, beautiful park, middle of Sacramento. Or it used to be until bums and junkies started to spend a lot of time there. Anyway, so there was a rumor online that a White Lives Matter event was scheduled. One dude who appeared to be down with that cause showed up and quickly left, according to the police. The demonstration never existed. But three so-called counter-protesters at the park confronted two people who were there to just live-stream the event in case something crazy happened. But for some reason, the activist counter-protesters decided to beat down... These people who are there to merely live stream it. Ivan Polito, age 28, 45-year-old Joshua Fernandez, and 54-year-old Phuong Lee were booked in the Sacramento County Main Jail for charges related to the assault and attempted robbery. The, one of the reasons I bring this up, partly because I just love irony, uh, secondly, Jack, I think this plays directly into what you were saying the other day, that if the media and activists and all keep trying to egg on a race war, they're going to get one. Now, granted, these people are are nuts or stupid or whatever, but you got people now attacking Asians, thinking they're white, and you got the counter protesters just attacking people in case they're Proud Boys or whatever. Just crazy.
1: So, while we're talking about uh, police interactions, the Army has thrown its support behind an officer that was pepper sprayed by police at a Virginia traffic stop uh, in recent days. I don't know if you've watched that video, but I found that pretty troubling
0: it was absolutely troubling and that big fat jackass cop deserved to be fired
1: god dang it that guy the the the, the black um he's a uh, army veteran second lieutenant i think uh who who had his hands up and visible and was very calm and trying to comply and trying to figure out what he was being pulled over for and the the the, the idiot cop screaming at him you're about to ride the lightning that's what's about to happen and i thought if the, i was in that situation i don't know what i would do I
0: don't know what I would do. I'd be scared to death. I'll tell you that. Well, and just a point of clarification, he's not a vet. He's active duty in uniform. And they treated him like crap. He said, look, I'm kind of afraid to get out of my car right now. And instead of saying, listen, buddy, this is routine. It's just a traffic stop. Nothing bad's going to happen. They started screaming at him and talking about riding the lightning. And he said, I'm afraid to get out. And the one cop said, you ought to be. Yeah. Which is a hell of a thing to say to a man, especially a black man right now. How, how do you
1: not try to run from that situation, which obviously would have ended up with him shot dead? Right. And then what would the cops' versions of what happened be right. if you didn't have body cam
0: footage on that? I mean, yeah. that, was,
1: that was really troubling.
0: Yeah. And I tell you what, uh, my uh, friends in law enforcement, and you all know this, you don't need to hear it from me, but especially in the era of body cams and everybody videotaping everything, it is in your interest... Maybe more than the average citizen's interest to root out bad cops any yeah, way you can. Get rid of bad cops, ride them out of the department, um, because it will reflect on you. It will poison the attitude of the public toward you. It will make your job more dangerous. Yeah, and I hate, I hate for that to be the case.
1: Anyway, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Four one five two nine
0: five KFTC little later this hour, the Chauvin defense strategy on this topic.
1: I do want to hear what that is. Um, I know I got something about a baby. Was it? Uh, no, I did the biggest baby born. Did that the other day. Big baby. Is it how is baby formed? How is baby formed? No, it's not that. That no. was a question that
0: came up on the show. I've been meaning to have that talk with you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Jack will attempt to remember something baby-related next. Armstrong and
2: Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Domino's is about to start delivering pizzas using driverless robot cars. Amazing. Now a multi-million dollar robot can deliver your $7.99 pizza combo. <laughs> I find that a bit odd. And this is fun, though. To ease the tra- uh, transition between human and robot deliveries, the car will have the faint smell of weed. Okay. Oh, <laughs>
1: Here's your new pizza delivery robot. I got a picture of it here. Um and it's uh it shows up at your house, got a touch screen on it. You press in your code or whatever cuz you paid for your pizza and then opens up a door and you get your hot pizza out of there and it takes off. The 7.99 pizza frightens me. <laughs> so I so are, are we going to have a future almost certainly, right, where a, a, a cul-de-sac sort of neighborhood in a suburb is got these are just everywhere. On a given evening, delivering groceries and dry cleaning and pizzas. Please, this is order
0: a pizza. You get a free drone car. This is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you get that. I I would pay seven ninety nine to watch a, a, a drone, a pizza drone, go through my neighborhood. What's then the weight capacity on it? If I hop on it, will it know?
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm leaping ahead to when we're all used to this sort of thing and it's no longer yeah. that fascinating. Won't won't, yeah. won't cul-de-sacs or just neighborhoods be full of these delivering
0: stuff? Well, and what will it do to traffic and that sort of thing? Right. And, and the first time a kid's riding its bike and and crashes because of the drone and breaks its arm and. Uh, who knows? And there will be know.
1: you. You can't. There's just no way you can send that thing into a neighborhood at two o'clock in the morning,
0: and, and sp- not have it beaten with a
1: bat. <laughs> or well, spray, they'll have to constantly or stream
0: video, or, or otherwise they'll get stolen all the time,
1: or a DMB spray painted on it, or or something. <laughs> I and mean, that's just it's just the way of people. Shouldn't a pizza cost at least ten dollars?
0: <laughs> Could you I mean, char- what's that sausage made of?
1: Could you charge me more for this pizza? I'd feel a lot better about it. That's yeah, just a no little kidding. too cheap. I no have k- eaten plenty of food in my life that was so cheap. It is a little scary.
0: Hey, we're out of sausage. Meow. Catch it. Catch it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, speaking of meow, violence and an arrest at the Mrs. World pageant. Jack, <laughs> okay. stay with us for the. Chilling details. The ongoing
1: redefinition of infrastructure is pretty interesting to watch as we become more and more socialist on a daily basis. More on that coming up. Oh, yeah. It's something. Um, there is a name for when nobody gets a hit near the pitcher. It's called a no-hitter. And mm-hmm. then if nobody even walks, they call it a perfect game. If nobody reaches first base. If they, if they don't have a name for what this female softball pitcher did. Uh, and it's Division one college. she struck out every single batter. every single
0: one. What the what? She faced 21 batters and struck them all out. Yeah, wait a minute, you gotta rename a perfect game because that's
1: a perfect game right. Uh, really quite amazing. It's never happened at Division one men or women. Um, nobody thinks it's ever happened in a you know a serious game ever. Of the 21 batters, 17 struck out swinging, including the first 10. Oh, she never reached three balls in a count even once.
0: Wow! S- <laughs> s- some commentators are questioning whether Saint Mary's Home for the Blind should even have a team. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she never reached three balls
1: is oh. a—I mean—that's a dominant performance.
0: Well, and, and just not to get all baseball-y on you, but that means she's throwing lots and lots of strikes, which means you could just stand up there and hack at every pitch she throws and have a pretty good chance that it's in the zone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Um She didn't really realize it was happening. They asked her about if she's getting nervous or she she said, she said I was just focused and I didn't, didn't really realize what was going on. Gee, man, you got to move her back 10 feet or something. Just dealing. That's incredible. How long? It doesn't say here how long the game lasted. It was over like 35 minutes. Throwing (laughs) aspirin tablets. (laughs) Wow. Dominant.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Look, there are a lot of different analyses about just how many million jobs this is going to create. I saw a Georgetown study. I think it said uh, an investment but, of this type but, but will wait, create wait. or save. Secretary, you're, or the the is, adal- you're the one who cited You're the one who cited Moody's
0: analytics as 19 million, and it's actually yeah. 2.7 million, which is a bunch, but it's not what you said. It's
1: part of a scenario that Moody says will create 19 million jobs. Uh, but it, <laughs> the, the bottom line is, it's going to add jobs, and this is a Direct refutation of people who are saying otherwise. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I, I should be very precise. Uh, the difference in jobs that that particular analysis suggests is 2.7 million more. That is a great place to be. Why wouldn't we want America to create 2.7 million more jobs? Why edge, wouldn't you want to spend? Edge. Why wouldn't you want to spend two trillion dollars to create two million jobs? Well, that's 883 thousand
0: dollars per job. Edge,
1: edge,
2: food, edge, edge. <laughs>
1: so that was uh pete boot edge edge uh who <laughs> boot is the, edge, edge. yes
0: sir who's the yes tra- sir that's the man
1: who's the transportation secretary for some reason
0: well, anyway, everybody knows south bend has lots of transportation he ran that fine town for a cup of coffee
1: so there he is on with chris Wallace on fox on sunday and uh Going around claiming that Moody's Analytical, who takes a look at this sort of stuff, says our plan will create 19 million jobs. Of course, Moody's later says that we're going to create 16 million anyway. So you end up with that number of uh, 2.7 million that you might get just from this $2 trillion package and... Dems like Boot Edge Edge are trying to uh, fudge that and leave that out, and Chris Wallace wasn't having it, which I appreciate. Now, he did the, the, use the phrase um, create or save, <laughs> which is a funny one. Uh, Jonah Goldberg has been saying for years, I created or saved 500 push-ups this morning. The idea <laughs> right. that it's just hilarious, the idea of, well, there's nobody can push you on how many jobs you saved. No, it's, it's an <laughs> unknowable number. It's of course. A, it's, it's right.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's a funny one. But anyway, I'm I'm just throwing this into a stew of how we're becoming socialists. Uh, All that. I heard this this morning. I didn't know this was happening. The Biden administration is launching the biggest funeral assistance program in the nation's history. Saw that. It's between two and four billion dollars. Anybody that died of covid, regardless of your financial situation, the funeral is paid for by the taxpayer. Maybe you think that's a good idea, but it's more wealth redistribution. It's just more things that we all pitch our money into a big pot and spread it around evenly for whatever happens in your life. And some of you think that's a good idea. It's a horrible idea. It's been tried over and over again in various countries. It doesn't work. Eventually, you end up with A very lazy, unproductive workforce.
0: Good Lord.
1: Funeral income redistribution. We're going beyond cradle-to-grave safety net to uh, just one step further. We'll pay for your funeral because
0: you died of COVID. What's the theory on that? Fewer people have died of COVID this year than heart disease or cancer. So what's going on with that? What's the justification? Know. Well, it's a tragedy. It's a one-time it's just, thing. It's, it's just growing. People were not prepared for it. Oh, my God. It's just the
1: belief that... Well, it's just a belief in socialism, as far as I can tell. Yes. You yes. just believe we should all... We're all going to get up and work as hard as we can every day, because that's the way good human beings are, especially Americans. We'll get up and work as hard as we can every day, and we'll all throw our money in one pot, and then we'll divide it up equally. Well, and every, nobody will take more than they should, of course. And nobody will stop producing at a high level even though they're paying for everybody else's stuff,
0: There may be a a species of animals that that would work for somewhere on Earth, but it ain't Homo sapiens. No way, no how. It's never worked. It never will. The idea is the more money and power flows through government, the more money and power they have. Period. They try to sell you on oh, it's equity and fairness, and we want everybody to pay their fair share, blah, blah, blah. That's an excuse for routing the money and power through them. Wake up!
1: I can't tell which percentage of them are that, and which percent of them are are at least that is uh, hardball, cold-eyed realism. Um, how many of them are unicorn-ridden uh, socialists who actually Those believe who this have works? Been blessed
2: the most,
0: who have disproportionately extracted by whatever skill more and more from the national wealth, they're going to have to share more of that. Yeah, former governor of California. How
1: many people actually believe in that idea? That no, 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 no. You, uh, you didn't build that. You, you, just, you, you, you got luckily You took more than you should from the national wealth, and now you've got to give it to other people to pay for their funerals and child care and, and, and their college tuition and everything else.
0: Right. Right. Every cynical Caesar of power, Caesar with an S, counts on useful idiots to spread the propaganda. The soft-headed who become true believers and and trumpet the message everywhere they go, not fully comprehending the, the, the reality of it.
1: So I keep hearing from all corners, uh, the people that I like and trust, the pundits that I like and trust are saying this is going to pass in some form or another. Uh, how big it is, but a, a lot of it's going to get through. And this redefining the word infrastructure is working. I thought it was kind of a joke, whatever, a week or so ago when this first happened. And it was kind of funny. Oh, boy, they'll call anything infrastructure. My pants are infrastructure. This seems to be working. People are buying this. They got the Commerce Secretary who said last week, in order for me to go to work, I need to know my grandparents are taken care of. That's infrastructure. That idea is catching hold. USA Today, front page story today. Inside Biden's radical shift to redefine caregiving in the United States. Of that $2 trillion infrastructure package, about a half a trillion is going to be redefining caregiving. Just this idea that whoever's taking care of the kids or grandma or whoever, this should be funded by all the rest of us. Maybe you think that's a good idea, but it's a... Well, even USA Today calls it a radical shift. It is a big change in the way we've done things from the past. And there will be repercussions for that, from that. They're, They're always... There always is. You make a major change, there will be major results. Maybe you think all the results will be good. I don't. I think we're going to have more and more people who who recognize, you know, everything gets paid for eventually. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to starve. My life will be okay. And then people that are go-getters, they're going to stop producing because taxes are just so freaking high. You retire a couple of years or a lot of years
0: earlier than you would have otherwise because what's the point? Right. Right. You know, I'm trying to find this. Uh, there was And another- those are
1: the people paying for all this stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was another court ruling absolutely outrageous about bums and junkies. I'm trying to find it. I have in front of me somewhere. Where a judge ruled you cannot rouse the bums and junkies unless you have a room for every single one of them. The idea being, you can make any decisions you want in life. You can abuse drugs, you can do whatever you want, and the rest of the citizens have to buy you housing. Or the cops can't even move you along and get you off the sidewalk from in front. There it is. Um, It's from Chico, California. They had decided the city fathers finally got around to clearing away the Comanche Park Greenway, which is a long, long stretch of jogging trail and and, and nature and the rest of it that was absolutely jammed with bums and junkies. And it was festering with disease and drugs and scaring the citizens and crime and the rest of it. And this uh, judge, Morrison C. England Jr., and and he was going with existing federal law. I actually happen to know his act to some extent, and he's not a bad guy, but he's going on that, that big circuit court decision about Boise, um, that we talked about a, g- a great deal when it happened. Um, he, uh, prohibited the city of Chico from issuing or enforcing any 72 hour illegal encampment notifications to unhoused people on public property. Let me get the specific wording because. The judge said the plaintiffs have carried their burden of demonstrating that they are likely to succeed on the merits, that they would be irreparably harmed, etc. The idea being there are not enough available emergency shelter beds or other emergency shelters for the number of unhoused people in Chico. Meaning, if you have 5,000 bums and junkies in your ha- town, you have to come up with 5000 shelter beds for them yeah. before you can clean up your home your your hometown your parks your business district before you can do anything and if 10 more junkies move to town while you're doing getting those other beds you're back to not being able to enforce just reasonable standards of order in your town so you get your junkies shooting up in the park assaulting the kids committing crimes whatever that's the brilliant, brilliant decision of our judiciary. It's unbelievable. And again, to tie it to what Jack was saying, who has to buy the hotel rooms or the, the mini homes, or if you're in L.A., the $500,000 per unit apartments? You do. The taxpayers do. We now have an affirmative order from the courts. You must house everybody, or there can be no law and order in your town. It's an absurd ruling.
1: And, by the way, to finish up this uh, this discussion, and we'll have a lot more of these discussions for the rest of uh, my life. And um, then
0: violence at the Mrs. World pageant, Jack, hair, pulling. Oh, terrible, terrible. Um, as a guy who would
1: like to call himself a fiscal conservative and be part of a party that is, the Republicans haven't been either. And so the Republicans have really no uh, uh, credibility when they start complaining about spending. This paying for everybody's funerals thing Half of it was in the package that Trump signed in December at the end of Trump's term. That's where the first half of it came from. Uh, well, we'll just pay for everybody's funeral died of COVID because that'd be a really nice thing, wouldn't it? So that was going to be two billion dollars after President Biden. And this is the way these programs always work. After President Biden took office and then signed the his two trillion dollar American Rescue Plan, the program was expanded, and eventually it is going to double from two billion under Trump to four billion under Biden. That's the way these things work, right? And there's no opposing force at this point. It's just give more, distribute more money. Spend more, just spread it around. It's I don't know. I think it's over. I think it's over. Who would well, want to listen to a show that says that?
0: But I, and, and as our friend, friend of Armstrong and Getty Show, who probably doesn't remember who we are, John Cogan wrote in his book, "The High Cost of Good Intentions." You have uh, f- funeral costs paid for for everybody with COVID. People who die of cancer are going to say quite legitimately, why COVID, not cancer? And Congress will say, yeah, cancer is a terrible thing. And yeah, let's add funding for that. Then it'll be heart disease. Then it'll be all causes. And all of a sudden, the, the, the government, ha, 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 the taxpayers, are paying for every funeral in America for some reason while the government officials carve off their percentage, and route that money through their cronies. When is America going to wake up? Probably never. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough bitching about socialism, I suppose. It's enough to make you, you know, go crazy and yank the head off of Mrs. World's head. <laughs> Did I say head? I meant yeah. crown. Somebody rip her head the, off? If, oh, well, that would, would be a completely different So this Miss World or Game of Which... How did I not see exactly. this story? No, they yanked the crown off her head. Controversy, violence, arrests. Jack, it's a shame when that sort of ugliness comes to the Mrs. World pageant.
1: And as the runner-up, if the champion cannot perform her duties because you pulled her head off,
0: <laughs> well, then you get the crown. Let's see. Need to get to it. Hmm? That and other stuff coming up.
2: Armstrong and Getty. <laughs>
0: Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Some more sports news. This went viral yesterday. An 18-year-old professional bowler, who people call the Ginger Assassin, became the first player to make a 7-10 split on TV in 30 years. Watch this. Come on, kid, do it! He was then given bowling's greatest prize a green blazer with no sleeves yeah it was the most amazing thing to happen in that bowling alley since craig pulled a casio watch out of the claw machine
0: nice well that explains why he was so doughy looking he's a boy he's 18 he's, yeah you know
1: okay my son has an apple watch uh the cheapest version you can get And, um, uh, the popular, uh, one of the popular faces is the Casio face to make it look exactly like a Casio watch from the Mm. 80s, which is funny. That is funny. That people want something to look like a cheap watch from 40 years ago, but.
0: But it costs a lot of money to get that look. Yeah. The, uh, Chauvin defense, I'm sorry, the Chauvin prosecution has rested and the defense is presenting its first witness. Well, Outline their strategy for you in a moment or two, but first this, and it's uh, tragic. Jack, how can the world get along when Mrs. Sri Lanka last year and Mrs. Sri Lanka this year can't even get along at the Mrs. World pageant? Now, this is Mrs. World, where you have to be married to participate.
2: Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Yes, uh, terrible. The reigning misses no maids. <clears throat> no, indeed. 23-year-old's not yet wed. Used up Reigning Mrs. World uh, was arrested Thursday for pulling the crown off Mrs. Sri Lanka's head, allegedly causing the beauty queen to suffer neck injuries. Mm, You see, Mrs. Sri Lanka, whose name is unpronounceable, by me anyway, accused Carolyn Jury, the winner of the Mrs. World 2020 competition, also Sri Lankan, of injuring her head after she stormed the stage and declared that the rules state the winner of the contest must be married and not divorced. This uh, last year's stormed the stage and pronounced, and I quote, and there's a video of the incident, actually. I probably should have gotten the uh, the uh, audio. There is a rule that prevents women who have already been married and are divorced, so I'm taking steps to make the crown go to second place, she declared herself for some reason. Wow. After a brief nonviolent struggle to get the crown from De Silva's head, jury placed it on the runner-up, prompting De Silva to walk off stage. However, in a Facebook post about the incident, Ms. De Silva noted that though she is separated, she is an undivorced woman and feels like the crown was improperly and insultfully taken from her. And indeed, the pageant, the Mrs. World pageant, sided with her and said, give her her crown back. And the, uh, the, the crazed former Mrs. World Sri Lankan lady and some henchmen of hers were arrested on charges of simple hurt and criminal force. Which is a Charge in Sri Lanka, evidently. I couldn't have told you there was a Mrs. World pageant. No kidding.
1: While we're talking showbiz, Hank Azaria, one of the voices, well, one of the many of voices of The Simpsons, says he wants to personally apologize to every single Indian person in the world for voicing Apu all these years and the uh, racism that he caused.
0: I... Well, that's funny. In the 25 years he did it, I didn't hear... Indian people say they mind it.
1: No, can't imagine anybody that's got a lesser view of uh, people from uh, my my neighbor is uh, from India. He and his wife are of, of origin and um, owns several convenience stores. And uh, all I think is he seems to have a lot of money.
0: <laughs> I don't think uh, another I, hurtful stereotype
1: who like owning his convenience store in uh, the Simpsons. Boy, the woke thing is
0: so self-delusional. It, 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 it's just what? 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 Yeah. yeah. Hey, we don't really have time for this, but I will try to cram it in. The uh, Derek Chauvin defense is about to get underway. In fact, it has gotten underway moments ago. Um, so the prosecution arrested. They did. They did, and the defense is underway. They are going to go with three primary uh, strategies for defense. First, the other causes theory. Is it fair it, to say
1: that most people think, seem to think the prosecution did a pretty good job?
0: Yes, it okay. is. everybody I've talked to does you, there were some contrarian you know uh, websites that several of our listeners passionately cited, but I, I read them folks, and they were they were inaccurate. They're just not good. Anyway, they're gonna go with the other causes theory. It was Floyd's drug use, his heart problems, his hypertension, the, the meth, the fentanyl. That's what killed him mostly, not uh, Derek chauvin. Uh, the the force is unattractive theory. They're gonna make the point that listen. It looks horrifying. Legitimate police use of force is troubling to see, but it's necessary if someone is resisting and they're dangerous, and the cops are just trying to keep everybody safe.
1: Are they going to show videos of that? Of or, what? Or, or can they show legitimate police force to the? Because that would that would help no. with the, whole, the desensitizing thing. I would think.
0: I don't think they can. That's an interesting question, but I doubt it. It doesn't directly huh, apply. I would, I would think you should. I well, I think it applies. Well, no, I, ju- I don't think the judge would think it would apply. Yeah. But I could be wrong. If you're an attorney, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, and then there's the hostile crowd theory. In short, the bystanders who were angrily, frantically calling for Chauvin to get off Floyd were potential threats. They distracted him from notice- noticing Floyd's condition. It was so tense And so ready to explode in violence, Chauvin may not have done exactly as trained, but the crowd's hostility offers a non-criminal explanation why.
1: And all you have to do as a defense attorney is create reasonable doubt. In
0: one juror's mind. In one juror. Right. It might be a a hung jury, but if it's that or a conviction, you'll take a hung jury. Interesting. Yeah, so that's what to look for uh, this week. He's got to watch his tone,
1: I think. I think that's a problem he has. Oh uh, the attorney? Yeah. The uh, the def- the f- defense guy. I don't like his tone.
2: Armstrong and Getty.